Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, that you are holy and we can trust you and you can lead us. Thank you, Lord, for using us that that we might be instruments in your hands to expand your kingdom. And I would pray, Lord, that as we're here today, we might realize the wonderful truth that we have and the fact that every one of us can be part of that army of believers who can go out and bring others to you. Lord, bless in the service today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's, it's kind of good to be here anymore. Every, every day I'm here is a good day, right? Uh, but I want to tell you a personal story. Uh, years ago when I was going to what was then Bible Baptist Seminary in Arlington, Texas, I was working with a fella uh, at Bell Helicopter, and I was the electrician, and he was the machine repair guy, and and uh, one day he said, uh, Jack, he said, uh, I want to know if you'll go down to Mustang Island to Karenza's uh, Pass. And, and I, I want to know if you'll wire my house down there. I said, you're not getting me to go down there. I, I said, I don't want to go down there. It's about five or six hours away. He finally said, well, he said, what, what would it take? Well, I said, my father-in-law is coming to see me. And he likes to fish. I don't like to fish, but he likes to fish. Really, I don't fish. I'm not a good fisherman. But, but, but he likes to fish. And I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you'll let me, we'll take him down there. And I'll wire the house, and you can take him fishing. Because Jeb and his brother like to go out in the Gulf fishing. So that's what we did. We headed down there, and we got there that morning drove all night, and we unloaded stuff, and I got ready to wire the house, and and, uh, and they got ready to go fishing, and then Jim said to me, well, Jack, we're going to take you out fishing just once, because we want you to see what it's like, and then you can come back and wire the house. And we, we went out, you know, in the Gulf fishing, and we started catching fish. I mean, big fish, jackfish, Spanish mackerel, sharks. I mean, this guy knew what he was doing, and we were catching all these fish. And so then it was time to come back in. And I said, I just changed the plans. Everybody's going to wire, and everybody's going to fish. <laughs> and the moral of the story is, it's fun to fish and catch fish when you're doing it with somebody who knows what they're doing. That's when you enjoy it. So, but so, some of you are fishermen, and just don't come and ask me to go fishing with you. I don't, forget it. We're doing this series, Am I a Healthy Church Member? And just so you know right up front where we're headed with this, I'm just going to tell you, that healthy church members are fishers of men. They know how to fish. Now, when the Lord was talking about this, he was talking about some spiritual things, not about going out in, in the Gulf and catching.
catching fish. But he did say, one day he was walking along, and, and the apostles were there, actually, um, and, and he said to them in Matthew 4, 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And you have the same story recorded in Mark 1, 17. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, we read that all the time. We've read it several times. And I don't think it impacts us like it should. It's like, some of you might remember George Yonts, 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 whatever his name was. He used to sing bass for the Cathedral Quartet. He passed away since then. But uh, he used to sing bass. And sometimes they would sing a very uplifting song. When they got done, George would say, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. When you read this verse, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. That's how valuable that verse is. This, This is really a call to service. What's going on here? Is Peter and Andrew had already been called on as disciples in John 1. But this was a call to service. And as you go through the Gospels, you'll find this is kind of what's going on. Matthew's was a call to enlist in the official mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll make you fishers of men. Mark's call was sort of expressed in this way, I will make you a changed person. So we're going to change things in your life. Luke says, I am going to call you to a different profession. You used to be fishers of men, and now you're going to be fishers of men. And then John calls them to a relationship. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now I did something with this text that I don't usually do. And I always, I usually have three cute little points and uh, or four and, and uh, we kind of wrap our message around those. But but on this one here, I, I have a whole lot of points. <laughs> so it could be a long time. No. I did something. I would like you to do this with the Word of God when you read it. I just sat down and I started writing, what does this say? What does this make me think? What do I get out of this? What is the Lord saying? I want to share some of those with you. May make some comments along the way and then I still have a sermon after. But, uh, but I'm going to share some of those with you. My, my, my first thought was this. The disciples, I don't believe the disciples had a clue what it meant to be fishers of men. When Jesus called them to be fishers of men, they had no idea. I think it was might have been a, a little bit like Nicodemus. Shall I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? If, if we're going to be fishers of men, I wonder who's going to throw all those men in the water so we can fish them. 
That's going to take mighty big hooks. You know? How are we going to have a boat big enough to pull men in? I mean, all kinds of questions. Just imagine what they were thinking. So I, I honestly don't think they had a clue. But that's a pretty important concept. Because they left all and followed him. They left all and followed him. Not because they knew what they were doing. Not because they knew what was coming. Only because they trusted him and believed him. They had faith in him. They were sure that even if they didn't know where this was leading, he knew where it was leading. So they left all and they followed him. They followed him because they wanted to. They had a desire to be with him wherever he went. Now, sometimes folks come to me and they would like to know for sure if they're saved or they're doubting their salvation. This is not the only test. But I believe that one of the clear marks of a converted individual is an unwavering desire to know Jesus, to walk with him and be with him. When you become a Christian, you want to know him better. You want to walk with him. You want to be with him. You don't care where he's taking you. You just want to go with him. I'm not saying that you don't get off track some days. And I'm not saying that it's a perfect following, but I'm saying that when you get back up off the ground, you ought to set your face as a compass. I am going after him. And if that never happens to you, I would wonder if you were even his child, if you had even been converted. Paul said, my desire is that I might know him. The, the, the primary, I, I want you to see this. The primary call was to become fishers of men. It wasn't to become teachers. No, I'm talking primary now. It wasn't to become preachers. It wasn't to become counselors or administrators or builders or fundraisers or anything else. The primary call was to become fishers of men. You might be a preacher and be a fisher of men. You might be a builder and be a fisher of men. But the primary call, Christ wants people who are willing to follow him and become fishers of men. That's what he's looking for. Healthy church members are fishers of men. As they followed him, Jesus spent the next three years teaching them what he meant. So he, they didn't have a clue the day he called them. So they followed him for about three years. And by the time they got to the end of the three years, they had an idea of what this was all about. In fact, in Matthew 28, he said, 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. Fishers of men. That's what's in that verse. Or he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Fishers of men. Fishing for men is taking the gospel to them. Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Fishers of men. Jesus said, You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Fishers of men. That's what he was doing. He's going through this time saying, I want you to be fishers of men. Now, this is what's cool about that. Well, I'm not there yet. Here's another thought I had when I read this. It tells me because he calls them and says, you follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It tells me that Christians are not naturally fishers of men. It takes a supernatural relationship and some supernatural instruction. And I think it involves some time. But he says, you follow me. And he said, I will make you to be what I want you to be. And so I understand by that that I need help. I really do. You know, I, I, I think about different people I know that think they're electricians. I run into them from time to time. And, and they, I had a guy try to hire me one time to wire his building. But he said, I already started it myself. And he, he'd gone in and he cut some wires and put them in boxes, cut them off short, and went around things instead of through. I went and I looked at that. I said, if I did this job, I'd have to take everything you've done out. Because you've done it all wrong. Well, he didn't want to hire me. Because it wasn't right. He thought he knew what he was doing, but he didn't. In fact, I'll tell you this about wiring. Wiring is something that you can wire something up and make it work and be all wrong. You have to learn that. You have to learn about that. You have to learn how to do that. If you want to electrocute the people you love, this assume you know it is. Okay, now, Jesus said if you want to be a disciple maker, you've got a ways to go. You've got to learn something. Another thought I had is this is so simple. I mean, I, I think we ought to run it through. That's all there is to it. The Christian job is to follow. That's it. The Lord's job is to make. He just wants us to follow him. He didn't say, make yourself a fisher of men. He didn't say that. He said, what I want you to do is just follow me. And I'll do the work for you. 
You think you can handle that? I think every Christian can handle that. There's no Christian, and I'll get to it later, but there's no Christian who can say, well, I just can't talk to people about Jesus. Well, then try following Jesus. Try getting to know him. Try walking with him. And after a while, he'll start oozing out of your mouth. Okay? I, I think it's, it's so simple. Here's another thought I had when I looked at that. Jesus said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Jesus doesn't operate without purpose or plan. He knows what he's about. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He didn't tell Abraham his plan. He just said, go where I tell you. So he has a purpose for the plan. Uh, I I can remember when our kids were little. Now I can remember because we got two little ones with us. Do you remember, if you've had little children, do you remember the why days? They, they ask you a question, and you give them an answer, and they say, why? So you give them the answer again, they say, why? Why? Yeah, they keep saying, why? And they say, because I said so. That's why. Or, I had a fellow working for me one time, and I told him I wanted him to something, and he said, why? I thought, shut up and do the job. (laughs) That's what I wanted. Jesus doesn't operate without purpose or plan, and he doesn't have to tell us how or why. He just wants us to follow him. Isn't that cool? First, you become a follower another thought I had, a disciple. Then he calls you to serve him. You need to be a disciple first. You need to be his child first. You need to be a believer first. And then you can follow him. Then the next one is, I like this one. There is hope for you. You can be a fisher. and every child of God. Do you know what that says for the people you love? Do you know what that says for your local church? Do you know what that says for your neighbors? It says that you can be used of God to share the gospel with them and you will see some saved. That's what that means. follow him, he will teach and enable us to make disciples or catch fish of our friends, relatives, and neighbors. You can do it. You really can do it. A healthy church member is a fisher of men. Becoming a fisher of men, I already alluded to this, is a process that I believe Uh, is for every 
believer to be involved in. It's not for the just for the preacher. It's not just for the deacons. It's not just for the teachers. It's, it's not just for the people who have a gift to give. It's not just for certain people. It's for everybody. If you're a disciple of Christ, you're a follower of Christ, he wants to use you as a fisher of men, and all you have to do is follow him and learn of him. One of the things that we have the privilege of thinking about is uh, whenever Christ calls us by his grace, we not only think of where we've been, we not only think of where we are, but we also can get excited about what he's going to make us into. What he's going to make us into. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. So I want to say about uh, three things that really come out of this three thoughts. It was kind of neat. Just, just breaks down simply. It goes like this. First, if you want to be really useful, there is something for you to do. Follow me. You know, the great training school for Christian workers is this. It has Christ as its teacher. It has Christ as its head. It has Christ as its model, and he says, follow me. Learn of him. And as he says this, he says, uh, I want you to understand this. Uh, there is no other way. You can't be a fisherman, as he's talking about, because he's talking not in physical terms. He's talking in spiritual terms. He's talking about seeing men lives changed and seeing them come to Christ and seeing people put their faith in Christ. And there is no other way but set your mind and your eye on Him. What does Christ mean when He says, follow me? I think, first of all, it means to be separated unto Him. Follow me means to be separated. It's it's a it's an idea that means I'm here and I'm going to send myself somewhere else. It means I'm going to back up my stuff and go. It means I'm going to go from the fishing business into the preaching business. It means that I'm going to do this and it's a once-for-all action. It's a complete break from a former life and and a transformation into a new life. Jesus called them to be fishers of men. You know, fish are not going to fish for fish. Well, in a way, if you want to break it down, the illustration breaks down. But the truth is, when it comes to that spiritual truth, we need Christians to do what Christians do. We need Christians to speak up for the Lord. We really don't need you on some political soapbox. What we need you to do is stand up and speak for the Lord to your neighbor, 
the people you see. Okay? If you are of the world, no doubt the world will love you as its own. But it'll be tough to save a world that loves you. And I think one of the reasons that our church and many churches and churches today have such a little impact on the world is because the world is having such a great impact on the church. Sometimes the church gets involved in marching to the wrong drummer. And we need to march to the Lord and His Word. You say, well, how are we going to do that? Well, you could start it. <laughs> you don't have to say those guys. You don't have to say them. You don't have to say that bunch. You can just say, I. I'm not going to march to it. I'm not going to let the world determine what I do. And if you had a church full of those, guess what? It would be a changed church. The church needs to learn that they need to separate themselves so they can be fishers of men. You've got to cut from the old life, fishers of fish, and become fishers of men. And the world needs that. The world needs light. The world needs salt. The world needs Christians who are not the same as the world. The world needs Christians who will take a cue from Joshua and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Secondly, I think to follow him means to be with him. To live with him. If you want to become a fisher of men, you have to follow him. You have to be with him. That's what the disciples did for the next three years. They were with him. So how are you with him today? You're with him through the word. Through the church. Through his ministers. You're with with him through mentoring and really internships. And There's a multitude of ways that you can learn of him and walk with him and, and, and be involved ask for more and get more. It's sort of like the book written years ago, I think, by Brother Lawrence, Practicing the Presence of God. That's what we need to do. We need to be with Him, determined that He is the one who will take over our thought life. To follow Him, number three, means that we will seek to know His will and do it. Actually, we could put these words in me, in in that verse. Obey me. Instead of follow me, obey me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Jesus said at one time, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things that I say? You know, we, we can talk about separation. We can talk about being used from God. We can talk about not being like the world. But if we're not going to obey the Lord, we're not following Him. I, I, I just love my dog stories. Because I took my dog to obedience. And, and, you know, my dog obeys better than my wife. Uh, 
Ah, it's terrible. I confess. Uh, no. Uh, really, I took my dog down to the neighbors. They were having a party, and, and I stopped at a graduation party, and nobody here at church, not that. So I'm just walking in, and, and, and I walked up with the dog on a leash, and I said, uh, have you got room for a couple more dogs here? I said, come on, and they were so nice and so gracious. And, and, and my daughter, because she'd been to obedience, stayed right there at my heel. And then, when people wanted to come and pet her, she let them pet her. I mean, she, she was so good. I was amazed. And so were they. And, and, uh, and, but, but I think that we ought to try to be that, that with the Lord. We... I was raised, you know, uh, in a family of nine kids, but the one good thing I want to tell you about my father, he, he, he wasn't involved very much. He wasn't criminal. He wasn't a sinner. He didn't get saved. Well, he was a sinner, but he didn't get saved until sometime later. But his integrity was impeccable. I never heard him swear. I never heard him try to deceive a neighbor. And I never saw him really lose his temper. I never even got a spanking from him until I asked for it. One day I said, Mom, I'm, I'm going to get a licking tonight, right? She said, yes, you are. I said, how come I can't have one from Dad? She said, you want one from Dad? I said, yes. He gave me one that night, and I never asked for another one. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, the, the idea is that we, if we love him and we want to be fishers of men, we must obey him. In fact, to not obey him is to quench his spirit. And his spirit would not be able to prompt us and use us. To follow him means that we will imitate his holiness. Uh, the greatest power, I think, almost that you can have, humanly speaking, as a servant of God is holiness. Not have anything in your life that will get in the way of your message. I, I, I told my sons this, I tried to raise them to do this and think this way, and I said, guys, never, ever, ever do something that will get in the way of you being able to serve the Lord. Never do that. A personal holiness, anything that grieves, is unholiness in your life, it grieves the Spirit of God, and it will quench the Spirit of God, and it stop the Spirit of God from working. And then, the second half of my sermon is, there is something the Lord will do. He says, I will make you fishers of men. The Lord will make you fishers of men. You say, I've never fished before. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. You say, I don't know how. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. 
You say, I'm afraid. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. You can say, I don't have the right equipment. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. You say, I don't know where the fish are. Jesus will say, I will make you fishers of men. You say, you don't know my family. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. You say, I don't, you don't know my neighbors. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. You say, you don't know the people I work with. Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said, follow me, and he'll do his part. He calls us to follow him. Weiss in his dictionary says, it's the translation of the word that Jesus used when he said, Lazarus, come forth. I don't know about you, but when I think of Lazarus coming forth, he was laying there dead. There was no, he had no power to hear that. He had no ability to do anything about that. I mean, you know, let alone him having his muscles work. Because you see, with the command came the enablement. Now, don't you love that idea? Jesus says, follow me, and with the command comes the enablement. Comes God at work in your life to make it possible. So the Lord will make you fishers of men. I ask you to depend on him, trust him to do that. Uh, Here's something else. Uh, The Lord will take you as you are and make you a fisher of men. Much like the disciples that came from different walks of life and had different backgrounds and different families and different educations and all all kinds of folks. And and he took them right from right where they were to make them fishers of men. He, He uses what you have. He uses Moses' staff. He uses David's sling. He uses your weakness. He, he uses your inability. I, I, I have a brother. I like him. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's 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 my, one of my younger brothers. But when we were growing up, this is terrible. I mean, this is like confession. We called him Jimmy Dimwit. His name is Jimmy. And he, he, you know, he couldn't talk right at first. And so he, his tongue did funny things when he was gone. And, 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 you know, where the rest of us could go to school and get a grade, he couldn't. Now, now folks, he, he almost came out of school. Well, he eventually got a GED. But I'm going to tell you that my brother Jim, he didn't have anything. I mean, you know, he's, he's one of those people. I wouldn't, don't, don't tell him this, because I wouldn't say this of him completely, but once in a while you meet someone who's a few bricks, bricks short of a full loan. Uh, Jim, for, for Jim, life was a challenge. You know what Jim did? 
outside of synagogue. And God used him. He had more courage than I did. God used him. He used him just like he was. And they had an awesome ministry on the backside of synagogue until their health got real bad. And now, for the last number of years, they've been working out of the new tribe's main office in Florida. And he goes to churches and preaches. Now, it's not fair. If you heard him, you would think he's kind of crude. But if you heard him, you would love him. Because he has something to say. And God used him. And God's still using him. And God had a new tribe. They even love him. And God took somebody, I think. Now, I don't want you to tell him this whole story, okay? Because he's going to be here on September 20th. tell them this whole story other than God takes you from right where you are and uses what you have to make you a fisherman. So nobody has an excuse. Here's the question. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I have a third point, but I'm not going to do it. Okay? I won't be fair to you, but, but folks, if you don't get another thing out of this, get this. You can, you should be, and it's simple to be a fisher of men. And I think there's enough people in this church who really believe God and believe in God, then if they took this serious, uh, it's probably the impact it would have on our surrounding community and eventually a lot further is immeasurable. So go out there and share the gospel. That's what it's about. In fact, as you look, when you become a fisher of men, Jesus will make you successful. You cannot fail. You cannot fail. You see, when he tells us that, what, why would he tell us to do that if we were going to fail? That doesn't mean every time you cast in a line and you're going to catch something. It just means you, you cannot fail. So you can be guaranteed some fish. That's hard to believe, isn't it? I went to visit a guy years ago, right after I started pastoring. It wasn't the first time I ever visited a fellow, and it wasn't the first time I talked to somebody about the Lord, but I visited him. And I visited him because somebody asked me to. My heart wasn't in it, really. You know, he was a Catholic. Who wants to visit a Catholic, you know? And I said, when you go visit him, he's got cancer. He's not doing well. Would you go see him? I said, yeah, I'll go see him. So, folks, I go, and I, I, I go to see Ray. And, 
And I, I talked to him a few minutes, and then I said, Ray, would, would you mind if I talked to you about the Lord? He said, well, sure. So I say, well, uh, are you serious, or are you just trying to be nice? He says, I'm serious. So then I go through the plan of salvation with them. How can they say And I say, Ray, would, would you like to put your faith in Christ? He said, well, yes. I thought, must have done it wrong. I actually went back all the way through it. I thought, he's not supposed to be saying yes. It's not supposed to be this simple. Went all the way through it. Got to the end, Ray, would you like to do that? He said, yes. He prayed, put his faith in Christ as his Savior, looked up at me. He was probably 50 or 60 years old. The tears were running down his face. And he said, thank you, thank you, thank you. He said, the next thing I want to do is get that done. I didn't say it to him. He said it to me. You know, if you will go out and determine to follow the Lord and let him use you as a fisher of men, you will succeed. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is just simply follow you. To follow our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, forgive us for our laziness. Forgive us for our fear. Forgive us for our carelessness. Lord, forgive us for our lack of faith. Lord, help each one of us go out of here accepting that invitation from the Lord personally. May we become a church full. In Jesus' name.